Oh, oh no. That's okay. It yeah, say it again. Who's Rahab? She's Boaz's mom! Oh, Boaz! Boaz. Boaz, the Prince Charming of the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was Boaz's mom. Um, and what do you guys know about Rahab? What are some things that come to your mind that you have stored up in your knowledge? She is a prostitute. She yep. She lives in Jericho. Yeah. Wasn't she like uh, spies that came into her house and lived with her? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they were like actually like respecting her, different mm-hmm. like treating her like a person. Yeah. Yeah. The spies from Israel came mm-hmm. into Jericho and stayed with her, um, which is very interesting. We'll get into that later. So number one, she was a prostitute, and then Andrea said it real fast. She lived in the land of Canaan. Um, inside the walls of Jericho. Um, Canaan was a pagan city. Um, it was very corrupt, and it was the city that God was going to demolish and make the promised land. Um, and like Julia said, she was part of God's plan of that process happening. Um, so she hid the spies that came. Um, also, her family was very poor, so that's probably why she was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. That's also probably why she lived near the walls, because the poorest people lived closer to the walls, and the richer people lived inside, like, closer to the center. So the farther out you got from the center, the poorer it got. Um, so she lived at the very outer edge. Um, and she eventually got married and had a son, who was Boaz, um, and she's in the lineage of Jesus. Um, so there's a lot about, about Rahab. Um, and just for some context, context, Rahab lived inside Jericho, like I said, and there was a wall that surrounded Jericho. Um, we learned in Sunday school that that wall came crumbling down after they marched around it seven times, right? Was it seven? Um, and just some interesting things. It was 12 feet tall and six feet wide and made of stone. So huge wall. And she lived like her, her house or her place that she stayed. It was like inside the wall because she had a window that looked outside of the wall. Um, so it's kind of cool to think about. Wait, her, it was, like, in the stone? Her I, house was, yeah. like, built into part of the wall. Yeah. She could look oh. through the wall and see out. Yeah, that's how, they got, that, that's how the spies got into, the Jer- oh. into Jericho, because they climbed through the window into her house, and that's how they got, how they oh, got out, so too. Cool. And that's how she escaped that's as well. That's a big house. That's I know. So cool. I know. They didn't want anyone to get in her house. Yeah, very true. I don't know. Maybe she, like, like punched her Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was also very strong. (laughs) She talked like this. (laughs) Um, So open your Bibles with me to Joshua 2. This is where we see most of um, most of Rahab's story. And we're going to read the entire chapter because it's all about Rahab, so why not? The chapter of Rahab. <clears throat> Alright. Um, let's see here. I wonder if I turn this. Okay, whatever. Just ignore that in the middle. Um, it will? Oh, that's nice. Okay. That's nice. Oh, that's really nice. Okay, so let's see. How many verses are in here? We have 23 verses. 24 we, verses. Like, go around red one at a time like we do on okay. Wednesday morning. Let's do it. Let's do that. I can't find it. Right? <laughs> um, it's at the okay, very beginning. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see it now. Yes, yeah. I was so in trouble. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a little hard oh, to find. There you go. All right, so I'll start with verse 1, and then Ellie would do verse 2, Maddie verse 3, all the way around. 
All right, so starting chapter three. And Joshua... Oh, this chapter three? Oh, chapter two. two. Sorry. Oh, woo, <laughs> you guys really opened up. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter two. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from... Sh- Shittim. <laughs> Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of the prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, for they they came to investigate the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid out in order of the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and she and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof. And, the, and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when we, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, mm-hmm. east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard this, we lost heart, and everyone's courage failed because of you, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above all, above and on earth. Mm. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. That you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver <laughs> our lives from death. So the man answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this busy business of ours. And it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. She said to them, Go to the hills, so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you will have made us swear. Unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be, on, will be his own fault and we will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. And she said, According to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there for three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but they did not find them. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they had told him all that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Awesome. Cool story. Um, So let's think for a moment just like their battle plan, their strategy, these spies as they're going into the city of Jericho. Why do you think they would choose, why would they choose Rahab's house as a way to get into the city? 
because it was like right by the wall like it was on yeah the wall. it was right on the wall so it was easy access mm-hmm. yeah why else do you think these two men decided to go to Rahab's house she well <clears throat> you, you said that like the poorer people would mm-hmm. not be better so yeah. maybe because <clears throat> she was like one of the poor people mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people wouldn't really be paying attention to her yeah so mm-hmm. it's an easy way to just kind of hide because right. no one's going to go to Rahab's house yeah yeah, and people, ex- people expected yeah. men to go to her house. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So they were just another another guy. Another or, patron. Yes, yeah. basically. So she was she was on the outer edge. So she's not as obvious. She's poor. So not maybe not a lot of people are looking at her. Um, but um, above all, they went to her house because they could get away as random men in her house because random men were in her house all the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because that was her lifestyle. That was how she made her money. Um, so this, it was, is really interesting to think about because Rahab had this revelation about how God was God and he's the one true God long before, or maybe not long before, but before the spies actually came to her, right? So how crazy is it that our God is so sovereign that he sent these two guys, they were just going to a prostitute's house. They didn't know that she had, she thought that like God was the one true God, but God knew that and God had a plan to rescue her. And so he brought these two paths together and offered her a plan of salvation, yeah. um, which I think is so cool. Because it said, like, the only, like, thing that she had heard is mm-hmm. just about, like, some of the miracles that God had done. Yeah. And so she was, like, he with his miracles. She didn't know if these stories were true, really. Like, mm. she just had kind of heard them. And I'm sure the people that told her about them, like, scoffed at them. Like, yeah. these people think their God is so great. They think they, I don't know what I talked about, talked, like, about the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, when you came out of Egypt and like all of this stuff and people probably like told her that because she saw so many people and she was like oh my gosh like there's a mm. god out there that can do that yeah and that's way more powerful than all these idols that my family worships mm. and so without knowing anything else she just decided to believe yeah which yeah is crazy so crazy like she only believed on stories yeah. that other people didn't even think were true yeah, yeah. Like, just, just stories. which is mm. such a powerful faith yeah yeah. For, oh, for sure. For all she knew, like, they were just making them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't know any better. Yeah. 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 She just she just heard about this God and knew something was different mm-hmm. and that he was worth giving up everything for. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going off of what Macy was saying and what you guys were talking about, how do we know what, how do we know that Rahab truly believes in God? What does she say that makes you realize that she really does have faith? Verse 11. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on yeah. earth below. Mm-hmm. Like she said, he's... He's the one. And this is coming from a woman who lives in a society that has tons of gods. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little god for everything. They have little idols for everything. And she said, no, he's he's the god mm. in heaven and on earth. Yeah. Like, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, these idols, they're like nothing compared to the story that I've heard of this one true and living god. Yeah. How else do you think, how else do you know that Rahab believes in God? Um, she was willing to like hide the spies and lie for them. Yep. She was like, because the it was like the officials came to her house and were like, where are the spies? And she like had them hidden like under the flex scene yeah. or whatever. She's like, oh, they went that way. Yeah. <laughs> like she yeah. took them on a wild goose chase, and she could have gotten a lot of trouble. Yeah, she, she could have been, been killed. killed. Yeah. She like lying risked her whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like lying is bad, right? It's not a good thing. You shouldn't yeah. be lying. But she risked her whole life to save. God's people mm-hmm. because of a story that she heard that maybe this God is the biggest mm-hmm. God. Yeah. yeah. And oh, also wow. her whole family lived with her too. So she's putting her whole family's life on the line as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. It says that like her and her household will be saved. 
Um, yeah. So it's like her and her family. Um, but yeah, so she like she literally gave up everything in order to obey and help this like this these guys that were serving a god that she barely knew anything about. Um, so that was kind of like my next question: is what is she willing to risk? Everything. 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 Her life. Yep. Yep, she's willing to risk everything over a story that she's heard. What is she leaving behind when she says that she's going to follow God? Everything. Everything. Her past lifestyle, past, like yeah. everything she's yeah. ever known. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her sinful lifestyle, um, the the idol worship, every, her home. She probably grew up in in Jericho. She's probably never left, and she's re- willing in an instant to just give it away. Um, and in order to pursue um, her faith and to pursue God. One thing that I thought was so interesting as I was reading through this, I was like picturing it in my mind as I was reading it. And she like goes up and she hides them in the straw. And then very quickly she says this, right? So she's like, she's like so desperate for them to like hear what she's saying. Like she's mm-hmm. like hiding them in the straw. And then she's like, I believe like your God is the one true and living God. Like save me and my family. I believe him and I want to follow him. Um, she's just like desperate. It's almost like she doesn't care about leaving her life behind. Mm. She's so ready um, to, to just follow this one God. Um, like when I read her story, I think to myself and I'm like, you have no excuse. Mm. You have absolutely no excuse because I have a church. I have all of you. I have mm. a family who loves the Lord. I hear the story. Like I have a Bible. I have Bible studies. I have resources. Mm. Like I have all of these things. And she heard four or five stories. Yeah. And she's like, my whole life is God. <laughs> yeah. Everything I am, I'm going to leave all everything God. behind. Yeah. Like, it's all God. And I read her story and I'm like, wow, I need to step it up. Like, yeah. She didn't whew. need, she didn't need any proof. She had all the proof she, and also just the fact that she's like, the spies of Israel are coming to me. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably thought, this is God, like, connecting yeah. me yeah. to him, yeah. like, back to him. Um, so, it, yeah, she didn't, yeah, she didn't need anything else. She had what she needed, and she followed it wholeheartedly. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about real fast is this scarlet thread that she's told to put on to her window. So throughout the Bible, we see this common theme of people putting up signs in order to be saved from something. So, like, for example, when, um, like, the Passover happened in Egypt in Exodus, mm-hmm. they, they had um, anyone that trusted in God would put the lamb's blood above their door, their doorpost so that their firstborn wasn't killed. Um, so, like, that blood was a sign for the Lord to pass over them and to save them. Um, and then here we see that, like, um, they tell her, put this scarlet thread outside of your door so we know to save you, um, so we know that you're set apart, that you're chosen, um, that you're not going to experience the wrath of God, that you're going to be saved. And then today, our scarlet thread... Our blood above the doorpost is Jesus Christ himself. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, he becomes the one that identifies us, and God will pass over us. He literally just sees Jesus. Um, and because of this, because of the scarlet thread that we have in Jesus, we are saved from our sins. Um, so I think that's so cool that in the Old Testament, that in a story like this, God is still telling us there's something greater coming. Um, like this scarlet thread means so much more than just a scarlet thread. It's literally pointing to the blood of Jesus, um, which I think is so cool to think about. Um, so go ahead and flip over just a page to Joshua 6. So this is where we see Rahab again, or we hear her mentioned. Um, Joshua six seventeen. Um, I'll just go ahead and read these few verses for us. It's Joshua six seventeen, and then 22 through 24. Um, and the city and all that was within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in this house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. 
and then skipping down to verses 22 through 24. Um, but to the, but the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go to the prostitute's house and bring her out from there, the woman and all who belonged to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all that belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it. Only the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute in her father's household and all that belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so God spared Rahab and her whole family, anyone that was related to her, um, because of how she helped the spies um, and how she acted out in faith. Um, so there are different, there are things called types in the Bible. Have you guys ever heard of like types or typology? It's, it's basically just symbolism. Um, so throughout the Bible, there are different types, and a type is just pointing forward to something bigger. So, for example, priests in the Old Testament are pointing forward to Jesus, about how Jesus is going to be our perfect high priest um, and would intercede on our behalf. So priests were just a temporary thing that God put in place to point forward to something bigger that was coming. And then, like, the temple in the Old Testament is just a type, and it pointed forward to how one day God would reside with his people. Um, so we would no longer need temples to go and be with God, but rather God would dwell within the hearts of his people. Um, so at the temple was a type of um, God's people. And Rahab is a type that points to the fact that one day all people, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, will be accepted into the family of God. Um, so she's a type of the Gentiles because um, the Jews were given um, like the gospel first or they were given salvation first. But it's not just for the Jews. It's for Jews and Gentiles. And Gentiles are just anyone that isn't a Jew. Um, so Rahab represents the people that are not blood-born Jews but are still accepted into the family of God because of their faith um, and how God welcomes every single person. Um, and I didn't know that. I didn't know Rahab was a type of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? You did? You're so smart. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, what? That's awesome. You just did all of this Bible study with your mom. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah, it's so cool. So cool to think about. Um, so we see this over and over again in the women that we've studied, but God chooses what is low and despised in the world in order to bring shame to the ones... Uh, I forgot the rest of the rest of the verse in order to like bring his glory out of it. Right. Um, and so God shows us the story of Rahab that he can, he can do anything and he can save those um, who everyone else might think that there's no way they could be saved. Um, and salvation is available to anyone and everyone. Um, so there are a few things that we can learn from the story of Rahab. And one of those things is that God can save and change anyone. So sometimes we might look at someone or we might have someone in our life and we think there is no way There's no way that God is going to change their heart. There's no way that the gospel will mean anything to them. There's no way that they would ever give their life to Jesus. But this is so wrong um, because the gospel is powerful. It is the word of God. It is God's power to save and forgive. Um, And God did not come to save the people that are good. He came to save the people that are sinners. Um, So go ahead and turn with me to John 12 12 through 13. Um, Oh, sorry. John 9. Who did Rahab end up marrying? Did she marry one of the Salmon? I will find out. Sal- Salmon? 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 I don't know. Salmon? I think it's the first chapter of Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Salmon. I don't know who Salmon is. Was he one of the spies? Salmon is the father of Boaz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently. So it says in Matthew. <laughs> Rahab is the star. Uh, Salmon Rahab is. is the star. 
Salmon, salmon is, is just the side dish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so John nine. <laughs> Um, hmm. Sorry, okay. maybe that was too um, much. <laughs> it's not John 9. Oh. Sorry, what guys. Are you looking for? I'm looking for the passage where um, it says, I did not come to save the uh, the, the righteous, but the sinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I... But I wrote John 9, 13, 12 through 13, but that is definitely not it. I wonder if it's John this, this 6. Is Where is he? He said, I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. That's 9 12. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is a bummer because that was a really good verse. <laughs> yes. It's, it says, like, I did not come to save the righteous but the sinner, or I did, I did not come to, like, heal the healthy but the sick. Hmm. Anyone have that memorized? <laughs> I mean, that sounded pretty good to me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, maybe I'll just go with that and I'll text you guys the passage if you want to look back over it. But. Wow. Sorry, maybe I need to start checking my references. But basically, Jesus says, I did not come to heal the healthy. I came to heal the sick. I did not come to save the righteous. I came to save the sinner. So God came to save sinners, not people that think that they're good, but people that know that they're bad. Um, So if you're a sinner and you know you're a sinner, that's a good thing because Jesus died for you. Um, The friend and person in your life who you think will never accept Jesus, Jesus came to die for them. All they have to do is just accept it. Um, And God can change anyone's heart. He changed Rahab's life just by hearing a story about him. Imagine what he could do if we actually just told someone the gospel and how that could just change their life radically. Um, You did? What is it? Is it in Luke 5? Maybe. I was in Luke looking too. Could you read it for us? Um, my version's a little different, and I don't know if it's a choice. I mean, Jesus who called you, and it's not those who are healthy who need a doctor. But those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Perfect. Yep, Why? that's it. What Luke, is it? Luke what? 531 through 32. Or just 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, mm. yep, that's the one that... How did I get John 9? What in the world? Yes, and the context of that... The context of that is when Jesus is eating with sinners, and people are like, why are you eating with sinners? And he's like, well, I came for them, so... So, I off my back, So, yeah, and he's like, I didn't come to save those that think they're all high and mighty. I came to save those that know where they stand. So... Not only does God save and change Rahab, but he brings her into the lineage of Jesus. So why do you think God chooses <laughs> Rahab the prostitute and brings her into the line of Jesus? Why does he do this? Gives him more glory. Yeah. Because it's like, as, like, at the time, wasn't that like the lowest anyone could be pretty much? Pretty like, much. She had like some of the worst lives that they could have like imagined mm. almost. And he like took her into the line of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, like, it shows how he can change, like, literally anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he gave her an earthly gift that her whole family was saved. Mm-hmm. And then she has an eternal gift that she, she does. She likely didn't know about mm. Jesus. She likely didn't know that it was going to come from her line. Yeah. Right? And maybe she put it together, but we don't know that. But, like, eternally, she's going to be able to look back and be like, wow, mm-hmm. I believe this one story. What a big God. Yeah. Like, she's probably sitting up there in heaven like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, it just Apple. keeps, like getting better yeah. like what the lord has done in her life well and it proves that god is rewarding you in ways that you don't know mm. so yeah. he he put her in the lineage of jesus she had no idea yeah like You're right what a like what a big testament to her faith mm. yeah you know like yeah 
Yeah. yeah, it's hard to picture. Like, whenever I do these studies about, like, all the Old Testament women, it's hard to picture them as real people. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking about that. I was, like, because I was thinking about the story. I was, like, wow, oh, it's a really cool story. And I'm, like, but it's not just, like, in the book. Like, this is, like, but, like, real people. Yeah, like, she'll be in heaven when we get there. Yeah, like, whenever you said that, it, like, hit me more. Like, like yeah. she's going to be, like, a person that's yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. Do you think, is this story The Chosen, that series, is this story The Chosen? Um, I don't. I don't. Maybe Rahab is mentioned in the Chosen, but I think the Chosen focuses on the Jesus. life of Jesus. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if her name is mentioned because mm-hmm. she's like part of it. But I do know like there's like like historical fiction books like written on her and stuff. Francine yeah. River. Francine yeah, Rivers. Yeah, I've read it. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. good. Yeah, if you guys like reading, it's Lady a really grace. Yes, so good. It's about all the um, women in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Andrea. She, he gave her, like, an earthly blessing of her family and herself being saved, but so much more than that. That was still to be re- revealed to her. Yeah. Um, so, Julia, were you going to say something? Uh, I was going to say, like, isn't she, like, one of the only people mentioned, or, like, one of the only women in the lineage of Jesus yeah. that's, like, mentioned? One yeah. of three, and yeah. they were all, like, scorned like... women. Yes. Yeah. So, like, so, it was Rahab, Tamar? a prostitute, Ruth, yeah. a foreigner, and Bathsheba. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really her name, but it's whose mother has been. Like, yeah. Yeah. But Isn't that crazy? God takes women with terrible pasts and some of them made bad decisions. Oh, and Tamar. There's four. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, and Tamar. What was Tamar's story? Wasn't it? Was Tamar she... is like she married, um, well, she was like forced to marry these people and then they um, kept dying because they were bad. Mm-hmm. And then they like cast her out and then she ended up like. Um, sleeping with tricking their dad to sleep with her so she could have a son. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. but it was like she like did it because she had to have a son in order to like have any kind of to like survive. Yeah, because she would have been like cast out. Mm. So and then she had she ended up having twins. So she got like a double mm. blessing. Mm. Wow. But yeah, so basically like all because she like married into this family and um, she was married to like, the, the eldest son. And then he was, like, really awful to her. So mm. then he died. And then they gave her the next son. He was also awful to her. So then he, like, God killed him, too. Mm. And then, yeah. Wow. I need to read that because I don't know anything about Tamar at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I really only know about it because of the book. But all, so a lineage is only documented by men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only. Mm-hmm. You don't put women in lineage. They're not important enough at this time. Yeah. And whoever, Matthew, Matthew wrote Matthew. I was about to say, whoever wrote Matthew, but it was Matthew. Um, <laughs> talking about it for how many years in sermon church. Um, and the four women that are mentioned have a horrible past. Yeah. Or, like, they're a mess of a people. Like, she tricked their dad into sleeping with her. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. She, like, what? <laughs> she, like, dressed up as a prostitute. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and Ruth was a foreigner, and Rahab was a prostitute. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. How big is our God? So, yeah, and he does it, like Julia said, just for his glory. Um, but that leads perfectly into our next point, that God, that through Rahab, God shows us that he has a heart for women, that he values women, and especially women with broken pasts. So at this time, like Andrea said, women did not matter at all. They were just like baby makers, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, and that was it. Um, but God 
loves women. He sees the value in women. Um, he holds them with the same dignity and value that he has given men mm-hmm. who are equal in God's eyes. Um, so Rahab is a reminder to us that God loves all women, um, that he values them, and he especially has compassion on women that have broken paths. Um, and this is also shown in the life of Jesus, right? Because Jesus um, and John, is it five, that he goes to the woman at the well? Mm-hmm. And the first time that he reveals that he's the Messiah is to a woman that is outcast because of the life decisions she's made. She's had five husbands. She's had a, a terrible past. She's known in the, like, in the community probably as just, like, you know, sleeping around. Um, yeah. But Jesus took compassion on her and said, this is the woman that I want to show that I am the Messiah to. Um, and then even though we don't know – were you going to say something? Nope. Oh. I was just breathing awkwardly. Oh. <laughs> and then I made eye contact, so it made it worse. <laughs> I, like, opened my mouth to breathe. I'm like, oh, no. I'm looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Mary, um, Mary, uh, which Mary is it? That was demon-possessed. Is it Mary Magdalene? That was demon-possessed. And Jesus, like, healed her of her demon possession and then, like, mm-hmm. allowed her to travel with him and took care of her. Um, and even though we don't know much about Rahab's life, we see that, like, God has compassion on her just because he sees her and he knows that she wants to, like, that she has faith in him and he saves her and he changes her whole entire life. Um, so this shows us that no matter what our past is, no matter how how we've sinned or how we've been sinned against, um, that does not identify us when we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. Um, whether your past is broken, um, whether you've made bad decisions, or whether something very bad has happened to you, that does not identify you at all. And God has compassion on you, and He loves you, and He offers you a way to have a clean slate, um, to have forgiveness for your own sins and freedom um, from anything in your past. Um, your past no longer defines you. It no longer defines Rahab. She was taken out of Jericho, out of her corruption, out of the things that she had experienced, and she was given a new life, a new start. Yeah. Um, so I just I love how God's heart is consistent throughout the Bible, whether it's shown through Jesus or it's shown through stories like this, that God loves women and he loves women who have very broken pasts. And so that should that's such an encouragement to us, and it can be such an encouragement to any other girl that we have the privilege of discipling or ministering to, that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. God loves you. Um, and that... And your past does not define you anymore. Um, so in Luke 7, 44 through 50, let's go ahead and turn there. Hopefully this is the right one. Um, Luke 7, 44. Is right. it the tears with her hair? Yes. Yeah. Um, so just some context for this passage. Um, this is a woman that came into a Pharisee's house that Jesus was staying in, and um, she is known as a sinner. That's just how she's identified in the book of Luke, which probably means she's a prostitute. Um, so she comes to, and, and to see Jesus, um, and she um, is, like, washing his feet with her tears. Um, and people are, like, ridiculing her and Jesus for, like, having this moment. Um, could someone read 44 through 50 for us? I can read it. All right. Thank you, Andrea. Do you want to read it? It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But, But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Wow. 
so amazing. I'm chills. <laughs> <laughs> what's Jesus's point here? What is he saying to the people, and what is he saying to the woman? Like she gave all she had mm-hmm. to him. It's like she didn't have. Well, it's like whenever. Oh shoot! I forget where it is. Whenever like the Pharisees are like giving money to the church and like look mm-hmm. how much I'm giving. Like mm-hmm. you hear all this, and then the woman yeah. had like two coins. It's kind of like all that. She had. Yeah, yeah, like the fair. You know, it's yeah. every, she gave everything she had. Mm. Yeah. It's not like she had all this and she only gave him a little. Mm. Well, and he proves oh. here also that standing doesn't matter because he was with people who, you know, had high standing mm. right they're very yeah. important and she is not important at all right? yeah. her name is not even yeah. mentioned yeah she's just they don't like even the woman who's a sinner yeah the lady who's a <laughs> sinner yeah and god can take anybody from any standing and mm. do anything with them yes yeah yeah and he says your faith has saved you go in peace so we're gonna meet this woman in heaven too it's pretty cool whatever her name is <laughs> jesus knows her name yeah what do you guys think of uh Uh, Verse 47. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he is forgiven little, loves little. What's Jesus saying here? She, go ahead. I feel like I was just going to, I just feel like, like she loved Jesus like fully. I feel like, and so, like, even though she has so many sins, mm-hmm. like, she's been forgiven fully. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of saying, like, um, like, everyone else, they're not, like, they didn't, they're, like, people weren't all, like, no, like, other people weren't all in. Mm. So they weren't, like, forgiven. Yeah. All in, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, her sins, which were many, were forgiven. And so she knows that she's a sinner, mm-hmm. um, and she knows that Jesus has forgiven her. So therefore, that causes her to love Jesus even more. Yeah. She sees the greatness of her sin, so she sees the greatness of God's love for her. Um, so the greater the sinner, the greater the Savior, right? That's something we say a lot in church. Um, so the more brokenness that you see about yourself, the more you see and taste the amazing grace and forgiveness of Christ. Um, you see how much you've been forgiven, and that causes you to, causes you to love Jesus even more. Um, so even, even our brokenness, even the bad decisions that we make and the sins that we've fallen into, um, that just, that just means we get to experience the forgiveness and grace of God all the more. Not like that gives us an excuse, right? Um, we're not supposed to just like use the grace of God as an excuse to keep sinning, but it helps us see how amazing it is and how undeserving we are of it. And it causes us to just love God even more. Um, but yeah, you look like you're going to say something. I'm just listening. Okay. <laughs> listening like Riley Jefferson. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the eye contact. Oh, it's so good. it's so weird. Some I struggle with eye contact sometimes. <laughs> like um like right now I'm staring at the ceiling instead of looking at you guys. But um like when I'm listening to someone I stare at their eyes. But whenever I talk I'm like like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah I think it's something that a lot of people so do. I look like past them. Like, if I'm trying mm-hmm. to think while I'm talking to them, can't yeah. focus on them. Like, I won't look, like, directly at them. Yeah. Like, I'll look this, like, that way. Like, yeah. It makes yeah. you, like, I'll be, like... Yeah. But, I mean, it's never something I've ever thought about, like, ever... Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna like... Overthink. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes though, when I'm talking to someone, I'm like, I I know I'm not looking them in the eye, but I don't want to, so I'm just gonna look them at the ceiling. <laughs> eye contact thing last year. 
You did? For and what? my business class. Oh, oh my gosh. We had to do like an eye contact. They like so made us like really? stare at each other. Yeah. Like and make eye contact like. Oh. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like you could like <laughs> yeah. look away. so weird. But like in a business world, if you're like talking, giving a presentation up like this, mm. or you're answering a question yeah. in an interview up like this, or you're like looking past someone when you're talking, yeah. they're like. No, she's out. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's a good thing to practice. Yeah. It was just like, it's just like right. so awkward, especially. It like, shows like a level what? of like respect. Yeah. 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 This has nothing to do with rehab. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. I, I'm coffee. the one that went off Life drop. skills at Coffee Conversations. Yes. <laughs> we get all the things at Coffee Conversations. Okay. So that leads us into the next point. It doesn't lead us into the next point. We're just going to transition to the next point. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, our third point is that faith should always lead to action. So um, how fast did Rahab's life change after she trusted in God? Super fast. So fast, so fast right? She, like, literally so dropped everything and, like, ran out of the walls of Jericho, basically. Yeah. Why, do you, why do you think it changed so fast? Why did it not take her that long to let go of her old life? Because she found out how much better the new life is. Yep. Yeah, she's like, why would I stay over here? I'm headed towards death, first of all. God's going to come and take over the city. Yeah. My life is horrible. Um, like, it just revolves around, like, sleeping with different men every night. Um, she's like, the life with God is so much better. So, she, of course, she dropped everything and ran. Um, that's how our life should be, too, right? Our life should be radically different once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Um, so my question for you guys, um, you don't have to answer it, but just something to think about. Does your life look radically different from before you knew Christ um, to now? And if, like, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, like, I grew up in the church. I never really, like, had, like, a, a, like a moment where I was like, Jesus is my Savior. Um, does your life, is your life different because you know Jesus? Do you know that you're living a different life than maybe the world around you or how you could have lived your life? Um, or does your life kind of, like, look the same as everyone else's? Um, everything changed for Rahab, and it changed so fast. Um, she left her old life without question, and so for us, that should be the same thing. We should just drop everything and run, run out the walls of Jericho and straight into um, God's arms. Um, so finally, to wrap up, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. We're just flipping all over the place today. 1 Corinthians 9 through 11. Nine. Like chapter 9? Uh, ch- yeah, 9, chapter, not, <laughs> chapter 9, 11 through 13. <laughs> 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 Struggling today. Chapter 9, 11 through 13. Alright, who would like to read? I'll read it. Wait a second, let me make sure it's the right one. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians, sometimes I do that. <laughs> supposed to be about it's about new creation therefore you're a new creation in christ the old has passed away and behold the new has come oh i knew a song about that but i don't remember what the worst part was hmm you're all googling it now um behold you're a new creation old has passed away the the old has passed away behold the new has come yeah maybe it's colossians no colossians doesn't have a ninth ninth chapter wow i don't know what (laughs) why why second I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Okay. Uh, you were <laughs> not even close. <laughs> really? What in the world? I'm sorry, guys. What did you said? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. So I mostly just randomly typed numbers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> what a wonderful resource we have at Google. Uh, yay! <laughs> All right. Um, oh, uh, wait, what was it? Who would like to read that for us? I can do it. Sounds All right, okay. thanks, Elise. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Awesome. Now we will all remember that verse very well. Um, so Rahab is a new creation. We are a new creation if we trust in Jesus as our Savior. Um, I think it's amazing that Rahab, like, gets married and, like, mm-hmm. gets to have a son. Um, so she gets to, like, I don't know, just, like, get a, a life. Like, it's just so Boaz cool. Boaz has a son. Yeah. yeah. Boaz has your son. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I love the point that I think Andrea made when we were studying Ruth about how Boaz is so kind towards Ruth, mm-hmm. the foreigner, because he knows his mom's story. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure his, like, she, he knows that his mom once was a prostitute and was rescued, and, and she taught him to have compassion on women mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are in hard situations. Or even just people that aren't, like, Israelites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was totally a foreigner. Yeah. And Ruth mm-hmm. is, too. Yeah. I just, like, imagine her, like, sitting in her little rocking chair on the porch watching them all harvest and being like, look at my little son. I mean, so nice. So nice. <laughs> it's probably not at all what happened, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they had rocking chairs. Back. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably didn't sit on the front porch yeah. and watch them. And the <laughs> women were too busy, like, going to get water and stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she might not have even been alive at that point, but. <laughs> just makes me smile. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. She's probably sitting on her rocking chair in heaven. Ooh, there we oh, go. Oh, yeah. She definitely has a rocking chair. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, I, I was gonna say I just feel like all of these like all of these like women I just feel like it's so powerful to learn about because so much of our world like uh, thinks that the church like um, persecutes women yeah. thinks that the church like oppresses women that's like a very very like people just see that as truth that like women are oppressed in the church yeah. and it's just not true Mm-mm. and so I think it's just really good to have these under our, like these old stories under our belts because they're like okay well I guess some like some modern churches might not oppress women but like they definitely have in the past but like no like these women were mm. accepted yeah um even though they were so broken mm. um and I mean the world sees oppression as like well if women can't be leaders in the church then that's oppression and mm. like there's you know some things you can't explain yeah. to non-believers, but it's also yeah. just powerful to be like, no, like Esther, she's a girl boss. Like, yeah, like yeah. she was, like these people were legit. Like they did big things, and it's they're not like they're not like nobodies. Yeah, like yeah. they were somebody because God made them. To yeah, be. and it's not for their glory. Yeah, <laughs> like. Esther's not a girl boss so that we can, like, look back and be like, oh, Esther, Esther, Esther. Right. We're, like, looking back and saying, like, God is awesome. Yes, he God used raised, Esther. God raised her up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all about God. It's not about the – it is about the women because he loves women and they did awesome things, but it's not them that even did it. It was God yeah. working through them. Yeah. Yeah. That's – it's so true. So many people think that um, the church does oppress women. And the thing is, the hard part about, like, the church is sometimes they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're also, like – we are sinners. We make we do things that are not good, um, yeah. and so it's like a constant battle to keep trying to move forward and to follow the God's word and to not like go back. Even if our church history has some yucky stuff in it, doesn't mean that right now we can't still try to follow the Lord. Yeah, um, so good. But yeah, we are made new creations. The moment that we place our faith in Jesus Christ, the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. So we are living in. Um, a new life. We're given a fresh start, a clean slate, just like Rahab was. Um, Rahab is no longer Rahab the prostitute. She is Rahab, um, the daughter of God. Um, so for us, you're no longer 
Maddie the sinner. You are Maddie, child of God. I'm no longer Riley um, the sinner who made a, like a bunch of stupid decisions in high school. I'm Riley, child of God. Um, there's nothing that you can do to get God to change that identity in you, even if you sin after you place your faith in Christ, because you definitely will. Um, and there's nothing you can do to get God to love you more or less. Your identity is placed in him. Um, and this is the gospel, and it's written on every single page of the Bible, and it, everything points back to the gospel. And it's the most wonderful thing. Um, and God can save anyone, even a prostitute. Nice. Um, that's all. I'll pray for us, and then we'll be done. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you um, for just your word and how it can be encouraging and how it just brings glory to you and how it shows us your heart. Um, God, I just pray for all these women that they would remember the story of Rahab and remember that you're a God who saves and redeems and that there's no one that's outside of your grasp, um, that anyone can come to faith if they just trust in you. Um, God, I pray that um, just the story of Rahab would help us praise you even more and help us be bold to share the gospel with our friends and with people that we meet, um, even those that we think that might never accept the gospel. Um, God, I praise you that you're a God that came to save sinners, um, that you didn't tell us that we have to be good enough first, um, but rather you said, I come to save those that know that they're sinners and need a Savior. And God, I just praise you that Jesus is our Savior. Um, Lord, would you help us love others well today? Um, to put them in front of ourselves um, and to bring glory to you. You know my prayer. Amen. Amen. Amen.